0: You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit JcastNetwork.org. The story is told of two men who go out on a boat ride together and they're sitting and relaxing in their boat, having a nice time, when all of a sudden one of the men dozes off and he wakes up to a scratching sound and the feeling of wetness at his feet. And he looks at his friend on the other side of the boat and his friend is drilling a hole in the bottom of the boat. And he says to him. What are you doing? And his friend says, oh, don't worry, I'm just drilling a hole, but it's only on my side. I thought of that story this week as the news continued to come about the Ebola epidemic in West Africa and the seemingly inexorable spread of the disease to countries around the world, including our own the spread of Ebola is a stark reminder that that story is a metaphor for our world. We are all of us on the same boat. And when there's a hole sprung in one part of the boat, it affects and impacts us all. So that means when there is an outbreak of a contagious disease in West Africa, it is only a matter of time before it comes to America. It means when there is a brutal terrorist organization springing up and conquering territory in Iraq and Syria, it's only a matter of time before that violence and that brutality spills over into areas that are closer to home and closer to our interests. It means that when there is injustice in a place like Ferguson, Missouri, it's only a matter of time before that injustice spreads and affects and impacts communities all over the country. We are all in the same boat. We live in a world that is much smaller today than it was in previous years. In previous years, it's much smaller than it was In earlier times, but nevertheless it's always been true. We just may not have always been aware of it, but we are acutely aware of it now, that this is one world, and all of us on virtually every level are deeply interconnected in ways that are great, and in ways that are potentially dangerous and threatening. But it means not only the fear and the danger and the vulnerability of being in a world where there could be a contagious disease springing up in West Africa that will inevitably affect us here. It means not only the fear of that, but it also means the possibility and the responsibility that we have to help take care of injustice and suffering and pain, even when it doesn't only affect me, even when it's not specifically right here, even when it's another group of people with another culture, maybe even another skin color on the other side of the world because, indeed, there's no such thing as the other side of the world. Because sooner or later, the other side of the world is going to be here whether we like it or not. And there can be talk, as there has been over the recent weeks, of closing our borders as tightly as we can to be able to prevent people traveling from West Africa to get inside the United States. But the truth of the matter is that we could tighten every border, we could seal off every port, and Ebola would still come to America. First of all, from a practical level, because there's actually very few direct flights from West Africa to the United States. Most people come through Europe. And unless the United States is prepared to stop every flight coming from London and Paris or Brussels, chances are someone is bound to get through. We are an interconnected world. We could create all the fences and all the laws and all the barriers that we can, but somebody is going to be born in Egypt, get educated in Germany, learn how to fly a plane in Texas, get on a plane in Philadelphia, and fly it into a building in America. Because we live in an interconnected world where what happens somewhere else impacts what happens here, and what happens here impacts what happens somewhere else. But it's, like I said, true not only of the dangers, but also of the possibilities and opportunities. Because it means that if we are bound to be impacted by what's happening in West Africa, then it means that we have a responsibility to help the people of West Africa deal with the outbreak and take care of the outbreak, because even if we were to seal our borders, People that are sick might still get through. And so the issue is not how do we prevent people from coming in, but how do we stop the spread of the disease where it is spreading? How do we help people who are in need of help where it is? The truth about Ebola, as has been true of contagious diseases for for all of human history, but certainly after we know how to treat the origins and causes of contagious diseases, Ebola is actually a very manageable disease. It's very hard to contract Ebola unless you don't have the education to know how diseases are transmitted. You don't have the infrastructure to deal with diseases when they are caught. So I just read the other day that what would help prevent the spread of Ebola in West Africa are 2.4 million latex gloves. Guess how many latex gloves are currently in Liberia. 18,000. So the issue is not how do we prevent Ebola from crossing our borders. The issue is we have the opportunity, the capability to stop the spread of Ebola where it is. And there are concrete, tangible things that we can do to take care of people who are most affected and that is the way We protect ourselves. And that is the way we help people who are most in need. What is true in our world, that we live in the same boat, is reflected in our Torah portion this morning. The famous story of Cain and Abel in our Torah portion. Cain is jealous of the fact that his brother Abel's sacrifice is accepted by God. And so Cain draws Abel out into the field and bashes his head in with a rock, killing him. Abel lies dead, his blood spilled on the ground, and God calls out to Cain, Cain, where is your brother Abel? And Cain's response is: Hashomer Ahianochi? Am I my brother's keeper? Literally, am I the protector of my brother? Am I the guardian of my brother? From the Jewish perspective, the answer is unequivocally yes to that question. Yes, you are your brother and your sister's keeper. And in fact, Rabbi Joseph Telushkin, one of the leading Orthodox rabbis of our time, writes in his great book, Jewish Literacy, Biblical Literacy, I should say, he writes about that passage that the whole of the Torah that follows after that verse is a commentary giving an affirmative answer to that question. Every single law and story in the Torah that follows is a yes answer, a commentary to that question. Hashomer achi anochi, am I my brother's protector? Am I my brother and sister's keeper? The answer is yes. So when your enemy has a donkey that's crushed under its load on the side of the road, you are obligated to go and help your enemy. Lift it up, the book of Deuteronomy says, Lo tuchal alem. You must not look away. Lo re'echa. You should not stand idly by the blood of your neighbor when your neighbor's blood is being spilled, when your neighbor is hurt or oppressed or broken. You have a responsibility not to look away, but to actually respond and go and help that person. The whole of the Torah is a commentary saying yes to Cain's question. Am I the protector of my brother and sister? Yes. And unless it's lost on all of us, what is meant by brother and sister? There's a reason that that story happens before there is any nations or any different religions stated in the Torah. These are the children of the first human being. And our rabbis say, in case it's not explicitly clear, that God created one human being at first to remind us all that, on some deeply fundamental level, we are all of us, regardless of where we're from, regardless of where we live, regardless of what religion we are, regardless of our skin color, we are all of us brothers and sisters. So when the Bible says Hashomer achi when Cain asks, Am I my brother or sister's keeper? And our tradition says that everything that comes after that is a way of answering yes to that question. What we mean is that we are the protector of our brothers and sisters wherever our brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters live, wherever we live, whatever their skin color, whatever their religion whatever their nationality, whatever their ethnicity, they are, all of them, our brothers and our sisters. I was so heartened this week to see when there were these large protests once again in and around Ferguson, Missouri, arguing for greater racial justice, for more equality among the black and the white citizens, of Ferguson, for more sensitivity among the police force to the issue on the ground of black people, especially young black men, feeling constantly scrutinized and questioned and othered and sometimes gunned down by the police, that showing up to that protest were rabbis from all over the country. Rabbis who listened to Cain's question, am I my brother's keeper, and know that our tradition says yes. And they follow the insight Reese mentioned before of Martin Luther King, and Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We are caught, all of us, in an intricate web of mutuality. And so what happens in Richmond impacts what happens in Liberia. And what happens in Ferguson impacts what happens in Richmond. And we have the capability of recognizing that we are all of us in the same boat. And that we all of us have the opportunity and the responsibility to be the keeper and the guardian of our brothers and sisters, wherever they are and whoever they are. Shabbat shalom.